Welcome to another episode of How We Bounce Back. We have a special Halloween-related episode to gear you up for this weekend. But tonight's guest is one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. I've known him for over 10 years. We went to rival high schools in the same hometown, but we're all friends now. He currently resides in a city where there are monsters in the Midway. He's an alumni of the JMU Dukes. He's a former prom king of Hilton High School. <laughs> He's the adopted son of Uncle Mike's restaurant in Chicago. He's the man of the hour. He's Christian Sosa. What's going on, bro? What's new what, recently? <laughs> what an introduction. Wow. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank <brother>. you so much. <laughs> um, well, great to see you. First off, let me say thank you for thinking of me and inviting me on. I think this is such an incredible idea, and you're probably one of the most high energy and positive people we all know, so it makes sense that you thought to do this. I'm happy you did this, and also, more importantly, happy to see that, that you're healthy and doing better. So Appreciate that, man. In a way, I'd love to see how you're ba bouncing back. So Yeah, appreciate that. So what's been I'm new with you recently, that. bro? Like, I know you had a jam-packed summer. You were, you know, you, you're uh, transitioning from a job that you were at for five years. You're cross-country, road-tripping, doing all <laughs> kinds of hikes. Like, I think you started a new all job. Kinds. We talked about it before the show. You're starting a new job next week. What, what, yep. what's, what's up? Well, how, how are you feeling right now? Good, man. I, uh, when I first moved to Chicago back, like, July 10th, 2015, I started my job three days later and I've been there for five years. So I finally quit that, went on that road trip uh, to all the national parks and the Rockies. And then I start um, next week, Monday. So I had a nice little like two months fun employment um, situation where I just kind of was hanging out in Chicago and, and doing my thing. And uh, it's been awesome. I feel great. I, I can't wait to get started, but uh, you know, I finally have some, some more stuff to do uh, during my days instead of just trying to, <laughs> Right. Walk around and read and, and learn Portuguese and just finding hobbies to, to keep myself occupied. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Well, it's a transitional time. Glad that you that you hung in there. You know, a lot of people's jobs are affected during COVID. You know, glad to see that, you know, you, you're about to get things up and running, especially, you know, as winter comes along. So it's awesome to hear, bro. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so we're going to keep this very Halloween theme related. So, you know, of course, Halloween weekend is coming up. We're going to go ahead and start off with that. You, what was your top three favorite costumes growing up? Growing up, uh, man, I'm a big costume person, um, all my life. If, but if you want to stick with college or young adult life, we can go ahead and go rated R if you want. But <laughs> you, I, I, uh, I, so all my premeditated costumes were always a kid. I usually do like a last second thing since I've been an adult, and they always somehow work really well. But uh, uh, growing up, like my favorite people ever, uh, Batman and sub. I mean, I was them, like, every year alternating, essentially. Um, so I'd have to say them, too. And then I think over the years, just the random stuff I've put together, one of my favorite ones has been, like, Jafar that I did last year. Just because <laughs> yes. all, all of them have been last minute. Yeah. But this was the most last minute put together one, and it worked well. And I, I was just, you know, I was happy with it. Hey, man, that was that, that you played that well. I remember just your facial expression. That's serious jafar like antagonist look played it off so well bro <laughs> Man, i think yeah, you need to you so might need easily. to relocate to la and then disney studios can hire you for the sequel but hey up to don't you don't tell me don't tell me i've been trying to become an actor you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> gotta get my start for sure bro 
Um, you know, okay. Well, I do also want to ask, you know, Virginia is, you know, well, I guess in Chicago, there's different seasons, LA, the folks out here, there's not a lot of different seasons. So Halloween might not have a good sense like, uh, of, you know, theme being in the city, but I know back home in VA, you know, we, it was big, right. For Halloween, we had the haunted hayride. We had the fright fest at Kings of Minion. I'm not sure uh, if you oh, did yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And then we had uh, kids running around the street trying to scare each other, scream costumes. You know, we're all going crazy in the neighborhood. I do want to ask, growing up, do you got any spooky stories related to Halloween when you were a kid? Oh, man. I, so I'm an October baby. So October and Halloween and fall are just my favorite times of the year. Like, by far and away, nothing compared. Um, spooky stories, I mean... Man, growing up in Woodbridge, <laughs> I just you always run into the, the the older kids that are trigger candy. I remember me I'm like in seventh grade. People, I even we probably shouldn't have been trick or treating anyway, but like there's a bunch of older kids coming like trying to take our bag from us, and we just like stood our ground and, and didn't let them do it. And oh, it was, that was like yeah. a frightening time because it was like like a gang of like six guys, and we we're like, nah, we're not we're not letting this happen. That yeah. was like a true thing. But beyond that, I mean, we used to always try to do. Honestly, um, last a couple years ago, we went to um, I went to Austin, and they had like one of the uh, bigger um, haunted houses in the area. Um, that oh we wow! Do. So I, I I love doing that. Like love horror movies and, and spooky. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> man. That well, that that's good to hear. I mean, hey, you know, there's. I remember growing up, we just had that haunted hay house and someone would whip out that chainsaw and I that was just the most frightening thing I've ever seen, you know. That sound is the is the most terrifying thing as a kid. Like, Even I if it was a chain, chain like, chainsaw mascot yeah, all the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, yo, just miss me with that. Let's, let's avoid that, let's do everything else. But that, that one's too close to home. Oh yeah. Too scary. For sure, for sure, for sure. <laughs> All right, man. Well, we're well, switching gears. I think we're going to go with your favorite subject right now. Let's talk about food. You know, I, I know you love food. Everyone loves food. Charles loves food. You know, I, you, you showed Charles me a lot. Charles and I collab a lot, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. And you, you showed me a lot when we visited Chicago. You know, at least when I was there, we had Uncle Mike's. You know, we had Asheville, right? You know, we had a lot of great two food staples, in your city. Yeah. yeah, two staples. They're starting to become probably stereotypical for a lot of locals there. I know Illuminati's, like a lot of Chicago uh, folks are getting tired of it. So it is what it is. I thought it was really good. But I do want to ask. Yeah, you can never get tired of pizza. I do want to ask, <laughs> what is your favorite burger of all time? Ah, uh, man, that's a, that's a loaded question. Um, a favorite type of burger. Uh, do I do a cop out and say all Cheval? I mean, it, it really is that good, but I do love the ones that, that try to do something different. And, and, um, and like, there's one place around here called Owen and engine that has like caramelized onions and like sesame seed bun. And like, right. I just love the switch up. And like, so it's always refreshing. Like, I'll try something new and I'll just say that is my new favorite burger. Then I'll try it out <laughs> and I'll be like, yeah. I'm like, damn, <laughs> it's just so good. So I think for now I'm going to say I'll show all, but man, I've tried a ton. Like I, over quarantine, I've just to do my part of helping small businesses as I tell myself, hey, man. Delivering, or getting, yep. getting delivery from all these burger spots to try them all. And mm -hmm. each one is good in its own, but I think I'll show all. 
might might still taste cake. Oh, okay, okay, man, man. What about you? That, ba- that bacon of oh, dude, that's a hard one. I, I Ashival is up there. I took rosemary. Well, we actually rosemary Devin. We had Ashley there, Devin's uh, wife, uh, Lori. It was for Austin's wedding weekend. We went there at midnight, and it was already like busy. Everyone was just blacked out, drunk. So, so three hour away, probably. Yeah. yeah, and so it, with the way, and then like the taste, and like you know, with them like you know having so much alcohol, and like you know, people were falling asleep at our table. I was just like, this might have not been the right time to taste Alshaval. But we brought yeah. the left, we brought the leftovers back to our uh, Airbnb. We had like probably three leftover burgers. I ate all of that, then like literally like the next day or the next day after AB's way. I was just scarfing through that. So Ashaval, definitely up there. But there's another place in DC. I don't know if you heard it. It's called Duke's Grocery. Um, it's in I've Duke heard of it. I've always wanted to try it. Yeah. Charles introduced me to that actually, and they had like this. Uh, I, I, the bacon was like, man, it's just it, it was like a Canadian bacon, but it was just thicker. And like just the way the burger melted, I just, uh, man, bro, that, and it was on a briche bun too. I think they had a fried egg on it as well. So it was a little messy, but you know, a burger is so good is when it's not too messy and they got a lot of stuff on it. So, man. I, I, I eat fast when I know it's going to be messy. Like I see it spilling. I'm like, all right, well, the only thing I could do is just eat this. To like five <laughs> just go yeah, and, yeah. Just, and I look around like, what, what are y'all doing? Y'all still eating? Y'all have yeah, any for sure, for sure. There's a the strategic way to good. eat a, a good burger, for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't put it back down. My hands are already messed. I, I already oh, no, it. not at all. Yeah, if there's yeah. fries, that fries is coming second. Hey, yeah, yep. hear you on that, bro. Yep. Cool, cool. Um, I do want to ask, we also talked about this before the show. We're always neck and neck <laughs> in the Nike Run Club app, bro. You know, I always see, I, you know, you're ahead of <laughs> me behind me <laughs> I, well i think i think you're gonna run away with it now uh no pun intended but i think um <laughs> the, once the gyms kind of opened up here i started going back and like i started randomly doing like spin classes and, and changing oh, up the great. way i do cardio um great. especially because now it's starting to get kind of cold again um you know yeah. chicago like it'll go from like a 50 degree degree day to like a 80 um so you might have me beat if LA still holds on to its warmth. You'll be outside more than I am. <laughs> but I, like I said, anytime I saw you post something about me being down, I'd be I wake up at like seven a.m. and like fully not intending to even work out at all. I'm like, all right, straight <laughs> from bed, just put the shoes on and just run outside until like until my knees hurt. And I'm like, I'm like you can't, I can't let people beat me. Like I just, I can't, and I can't let you call attention to it. So oh, if you if, if you post it again, I'll just go out and run right now. Like uh, yeah, yeah, I, I hear you. Hey man, it's competition. It's a good motivational thing. Yeah. It is yeah. motivation. Yeah, Friendly yeah. competition. Yeah. yeah, it's it's more because there's other people ahead of me too. So it's not like I'm boasting being the lead. It's like damn, I got all my friends on here, and this is where I'm at. But I do recall like if it's a day where I'm lazy, I opened the app and I saw like I was only three miles behind Charles, and then I'm somewhere from like 13 miles behind him. Like, oh no, I got to catch up with him today. So I hear you. I, that's that. what, at first when I saw Charles up there, I was like, man, there's no way, like, I got to text him. I was like, what are you doing to, to run this? Like, where are you running? And then he was like, right, oh, yeah, walks sometimes. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, you can't throw in those walks, but I'll let it slide. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't count that. I remember you telling me it does uh, throw off. The, I do my own app with, yeah, with hey. walks. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome to hear that you're defi- diversifying that workout set to doing the cycling. Cycling is a big, t- big thing as well at home with the p- Peloton and, 
you know, I'm sure yeah. all the cycling, a lot of the cycling gyms I think are closing down too, like flywheels. So it's good that you're trying to like, you know, like mix it yeah, up. I, I always uh, per to, se. Yeah. Yeah. I always try to just mix it up. Cause I felt like running, I, I used to do that a ton in high school and I like it hurt my knee just trying to do like a half marathon. And I was like, I'm going to try to stop doing that on the concrete. <laughs> and then <laughs> behold, quarantine happened. And I was like, all right, this will be the first time running outside since probably high school or college. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's it, at the time when there was nothing else to do, it was just a good peace of mind to get outside the house, you know? Right. Just, There's nothing, literally nothing else to do. So. Nothing to do. And you're soaking the air. Uh, nice, nice air outside. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, you know, um, before we dive into the deeper questions, I did something similar <laughs> with AB two weeks ago, but let's play a, uh, play a quick picture association game. I'm going to put six pictures of famous movie characters up on the screen. All you have to do is name someone you know personally that can be that famous character for Halloween. So we're helping you out if you don't have your Halloween costume decided yet. You got, I think, two or three days to, to get that costume, but we're going to help you all out right now. So, all right, here you go. We have Ron Burgundy. This one's tough. I mean, the stash, uh, it, I can't even think of anybody who can grow a stash back then. You know, I'm thinking of all, the, all of our friends who can't even grow any facial hair. Um, is it cliche to say me? <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all, man. Like you rocked the Jafar one. I, I can't think of any anybody with a nice stash. I think you've done the I think you've done the stash uh, during uh, November too. No shave November, where you kind of I don't been, know if you kept the beard or not, but <laughs> I've been doing the stash and, and changing it up a lot more uh, frequently. So I just I need to get that hair. I mean, you might not know him, but uh, my old roommate, JMU, he could actually probably pull this off. Tom, Tom Bro. Uh, okay. He, he rocks right, a nice good. stash, yeah. Oh, okay. We'll make sure he hears about this. Special yeah, shout yeah. out to Tom. Another JMU, <laughs> yep. We have Storm <laughs> from X-Men. I, I mean, do I say Jasmine? Jasmine Ellis? I think she'd kill that. Yeah, yep, 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 absolutely. Uh, yeah, Halle Berry playing this legendary role right here. She looked like she's about to like take out Magneto and all those fools, but yeah. Right. I actually think Jasmine <laughs> should make, make a painting of this. It's actually pretty dope. Yeah. Shout out Jasmine. Yeah. There you go. It's really real. Now we have Wonder Woman. Hmm. I think I'll have to say uh, Lacey. Oh, okay. Okay. Shout out to Lacey. Yeah. yeah. That, that's, that's one of your, your sister. That's one of your best friends from back in the day. Yeah. I mean, she's always, she was the strongest one out of all of us. So, you know, she, she's, she was always Wonder Woman. Yes. We have Jeannie from <laughs> Aladdin. Why does that look like Simo? Boy, stop. Hey, you know, you, you give Simo that idea, he'll, he'll turn it around uh, in two days. You know he will. <laughs> I know. But he, I mean, he has enough hair right now where he can really do something with that. Use like a cap and do that. He got the beard. He, yeah. he can pull that off. He can rock that. I feel he, like he has like that same smile. It's so funny. I, I feel like he's thought about this already. But now we're definitely, it's a tipping point. 100%. He now he's in. Now. Yeah. Right. One of you, somebody has to play Aladdin. You got to get the whole crew. Oh, bro. <laughs> <laughs> we have I mean, Thanos that... from Avengers. <laughs> I mean, it has to be AB, right? <laughs> now you're no offense, he's at... Yo, just because he's big. 
Yeah, man. He he. AB has been creative with Halloween costume. He was Moana one year, or or actually the uh, the yeah, I saw uh, that. The, the Rock played in Moana. Yeah. yeah, so here we go, AB. I think he, you have a he good... killed that. He should yeah. definitely do this. He, he actually should. This is probably one of the greatest antagonists in history, more than more than Darth Vader. I feel like man, he wiped out no. all of the half of the superheroes. But AB, don't, don't. hope you're hearing us out. <laughs> don't uh, don't hate me, AB. Awesome. Thanks for playing, Christian. All right, brother. Let's dive into the deeper questions. First question I want to ask. Can you describe a time in grade school, college, or in your career that you had to knock down obstacles or systems hindering your success due to systemic racism? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's been a, I feel like it's been a pretty wild ride as a, as a Latino in America, as you can guess, and, and obviously empathize. Um, I mean, you, you know, you you hear it all the time, these different yeah, insults that you hear all, all, all your life. And, you know, when, when you're getting called, kind of derogatory terms and, and, and just, you know, kind of a, an allegory is just from elementary school, you know, not many people know this, but growing up, I was convinced, like, I didn't like being Hispanic. In, in elementary school, I was such a target for, for ridicule. Um, I mean, obviously, kids don't know any better, but uh, I was different than all of them. I, I'd get made fun of for my last name, uh, which is odd because back then I, I hated it. I wanted to get, I wanted nothing to do with it. Now everyone is like obsessed with this name and you got rappers <laughs> calling themselves Sosa and all this. Um, but I get made fun of when I spoke Spanish and, and, and it got to the point that I, I was embarrassed to to speak it. And like, I refused to speak it um, for years outside of the house, even in the house sometimes. Um, and, and I think that's my, my biggest regret is, is I went years feeling that way and ashamed that I was different. Um, you know, and I saw all the kids and their parents talking to each other to the teachers, no problem, all normal. And then my parents, you know, had an accent and, and I was obviously never ashamed of them, but I was always confused as to why we were so different than the normal kids at school. Um, so, you know, I think throughout elementary school and, and middle school, it was kind of just fighting being that minority and not understanding that why I was and, and why I was so out of place. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, my dad had a far thicker accent. A lot of times people could understand him. And, I, and so I felt bad because I think, you know, when people don't understand an accent, and I'm sure you, you, you hear this all the time, but like Americans or, or people that don't speak that language, like dismiss them. You know, I've heard people say that before. Yeah. They just think less of them because they don't feel they're smart enough to have a conversation with them. So you see this all the time. And like, you know, convenience stores, dry cleaning, small business owners who, who are immigrants and now more, uh, are now proud citizens um, yep. they probably had a far better education over there in, in their country and know far more languages and have seen and experienced yep. more of the world than you, but they're dismissed because they don't speak English well. And, and not that I know if anyone has thought that of anyone in my family or anything, but it, it, it truly would, you know, break my heart to know if they did because, you know, people like my dad, it's, he's like everyone's favorite person, the sweetest, right. funniest, most gracious host and dad, uncle and um, and just because he doesn't speak it well, you know, it's, it, it doesn't mean he's any lesser. Um, so, I, you know, I think growing up with that, it was always confusion of, of who I am, why, why do I speak a different language, why do I act a different way, why do I have a different culture than, than everyone, and, and it was a struggle to, to kind of find my identity in, in, in that area, and, and really Woodbridge, you've seen, has, is, is a big melting pot. I think at that it beginning is. stages, it, it wasn't as much. And growing up, and as I kept getting older, 
more people like me started coming in and, and actually like yeah, high school, like I'll, I'll tell another story. Um, obviously I played football at Hilton, you know, all four years and, and Hilton is like majority black and Hispanic and, and then white is probably right after that. Um, so safe to say that the, the football team is predominantly black and, and I may have been one of three or four Hispanic players in my entire time there. Um, so I remember in high school, like I'm hanging out with the team. Like they're my brothers, my closest friends. And I didn't see that we were that different. And Hilton had like yep. a, a, a Spanish hallway and a Spanish cafeteria designated to like Hispanics. Like it truly was segregated. It was, it was wow. weird. And I'd be with my team. We'd go get food. And I remember this clearly this Hispanic guy I knew from middle school. He, he goes up to me and, and he says, Hey man, what are you doing with all those black guys? Like, why don't you sit with us in, in, in your own kind? And I, and I literally froze. I was like, what do you mean? Like, I, I literally was in shock because it's legit segregated. I'm like public enemy number one without knowing it, like a, a Hispanic right. guy hanging out with black people. So it was so opposite of my experience from elementary school where I was the only one. And now in high school, there's a ton of people like me, but I don't care. Like, I, I've come to terms that, like, I love my culture and but i'm not gonna uh segregate myself or yeah you know or, or be away from other people that i love like it didn't matter to me if you were hispanic or not at that point it was just like you're a good person i want to be around you my team was everything at that point and you know come to find out later on a lot of those guys were part of ms13 so i think they were trying to initiate me into something they were always trying to get me to hang out and do stuff and Mm-hmm. it's crazy at a freshman level, you know, I can really see how easy it is to go down the wrong route. If you don't have that right. mental fortitude, like I could have easily been like, yeah, I'll, I'll hang out. Like, what do I know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just so bizarre. It was the opposite of, of that experience. And, um, you know, and, and then now, you know, professional years, it's, it's kind of the same thing going back to elementary school. I'm, I'm the only minority again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's been a, a, an interesting thing at JMU. One percent of the population is Hispanic. Um, in the professional career, I've been like the only one, if not maybe out of three again. And, and so it's been a weird way to process that and, and kind of deal with deal with that um, over time with with people kind of taking liberties and, and joking and you know saying things that are derogatory but right right they kind of say it with impunity because you know you can't really say anything back to the maybe uh, you know a white person that lived here forever like there there really is no insult that can come back and that hit you as hard as when they call you something i know what you were you yeah. know um stereotype you or something like that and uh it, it it's been yeah it's been tough but i think you know as as the years go by Hanging out with my family more and getting to know more in different cultures. It, it's man, I am so proud. Uh, uh, like, and it, I couldn't be proud of who I am with my culture, and, and I love it. And I, um, and and I realized that everybody probably was make fun of me. Like, they never had that double life, like the American culture, the Ecuadorian yeah. life. Growing up in Woodbridge, like best friends: Sierra Leonean, Filipino, Chinese, Mexican. You know, all, I grew up lucky knowing all of that and some people didn't have that type of uh didn't have that type of blessing so uh, i'm happier for it and and i 
I can empathize with other people who don't understand it. I try to teach them. Um, it's a really a teaching moment. Um, but now I'm speaking up more than ever, obviously with everything going on is I don't let it slide as much. I, when people say it and they don't mean it, I want them to understand what they said and, and how that could hurt somebody. So, um, long answer there, but yeah, it's, it's been a lot, uh, a lot to experience over the years. Um, but it, it's something that I think obviously America is, is going in the right way in the right direction to, to help everybody kind of in my, in my similar position. Absolutely. You're so likable, bro. Like, you know, you, like you, you are, you are likable in a sense of like, you know, your, your friends at JMU, which is a predominantly white school, right? You know, friends back at home, which we, we, we have best friends that are black and, uh, you know, you, and your family, right? You know, you're so likable across many different pe people. But growing up, you know, I'm sure it was different because, like, for, like, with us being young in, in middle school, like, we, you know, we have that sensitivity. It was, it was hard, you know. And then, and, and then when we get to high school, we sort of find that, that corner turn and we, we started being proud of ourselves rather than being, you know, like not proud of like where we came from. And so what, what was it in high school that kind of made you feel confident and proud and like, Hey, I'm gonna stand. I'm Christian. I am who I am. This is where I'm from. You know, like what, what happened in high school that made you say, this is where I am. I'm going to take this flag and run away with it for the rest of my life. What changed in high yeah. school? I, I mean, I think it was a, just a big realization of like the difference is everything. Like, the difference isn't something to be ashamed of. The difference is something to be completely proud of. Like not many people have those differences. And then when I realized there were so many, when I started to learn more backgrounds and cultures, like all, all my friends, I'd go over to their houses and I'm like, you know, like a Sierra Leonean household is, is similar to an Ecuadorian household. And like we, we had, you know, their right. parents came from similar journeys. Like we have the same values and like, there was no reason to ever think differently or poorly about anybody else. Like we're on the same wavelength. We're first generation American dream, you know, and, um, and the folks who have been here forever, I mean, like, you know, they're at a young age, obviously elementary and middle school, like no one really knows what they're doing. They're, they're doing things and, and they don't realize the effect they have on people. Um, I think in high school is when you start realizing like, Man, I shouldn't have stopped speaking. Like, I shouldn't have ever been ashamed of this. Like, yeah. Spanish is the best tool you can have yep. right now in America. Like, English and yeah, Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And it's like, well, oh, like, even my mom and, like, you know, she was, I felt like she was so saddened by me, like, refusing to do it. But I was just so, like, it really took a toll on me from what people were saying. that I thought I was, like, ashamed. And then I realized, like, high school was, everyone was taking Spanish class. And they were looking at me like, oh, like can we learn from you? <laughs> like, can you speak Spanish to your parents? I want to hear it. And I was like, really? Like, I felt like embarrassed to do it. But then I was like, I guess I know it. Um, yeah, why not? And then you just start realizing like, you are, you're, you're ahead in, in a certain way, especially with like a, a professional life. Um, having it, um, having those two languages to take with you and, and being able to run with that is, is so beneficial and for travels and everything. Like, yeah, you know, I just want to keep learning different ones, and and I can't believe the thing that made me ashamed is now the thing I'm most proud of. It, it's funny how that works, but yeah, I think high school is where where it really realized like there's nothing to be ashamed of. The more different you are, the the better it is. Mm -hmm. um, and if you do find some people similar to you, then that's awesome because then you can really empathize with each other and learn from each other from from your your different backgrounds, and and that way you can both progress and and move forward.
absolutely and it, it, it it's you know it's by you know what we're given what we're what we're blessed in right you know so sometimes you know we don't realize it because we don't have the certain experiences to know you know and sort of be aware and like by the time we get to high school we're kind of familiar we meet new and different people that help you know recognizing and we're always learning in life right you know we're always meeting new people different friends from different backgrounds different races so you know we're we're very fortunate i'll say coming from a northern virginia area which is very diverse you know i feel like that's just a product of a lot of urban cities like in new york and la even chicago or you know in dc where the suburban areas can have diversity but yeah man it's a uh, it, it's it's very fortunate and it's very it's a blessing that we do recognize that, but there's still a lot of way to go. Right. And it was, it was eye-opening kind of going to, to JMU and then actually moving to Chicago from a lot of people that moved from Midwest, you know, Illinois, Indiana, predominantly white, non-diverse cities and, and at JMU too, and, and kind of talking to them and like having my friends visit from Woodbridge and, and then meeting them and like then getting down to like the facts is like, they'd be like, I only had one black person in my high school. I only had one Spanish person. In my Like they never grew up around it. And I just it's feel like crazy. so not, yeah, it was crazy. It's not yeah, yeah. fortunate. Like we're fortunate to have Very that diversity. Fortunate. Like yep. it's not their yep. fault, but, but it's a teaching moment. You have to constantly teach them why, you know, all the different cultures and, and why things are different, why you yeah. should act a certain way or you shouldn't say certain things. And, and by, 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 that's a great point you do bring up because by design for those folks that do not see other races in their like, like cities or towns where they grew up, they, they don't learn because they don't have that, they don't cross paths with those people. So it's just, you know, I think it evolves over time as gener you know, the generations move on as we expand America, you know, you know, by, by design is a young country, but people have to be receptive to this too, you know, and we have to be able to. You know, people have to be compassionate, and I feel like you you have the greatest compassion to like hear out from uh, the you know so many different people from different backgrounds. You went to JMU, you know, you're now in Chicago. You you cross paths with mo so many different people in life. So you know, we do appreciate you sharing that insight, bro. That's that's so meaningful, and impactful for for everyone else. Um, yeah, definitely. So, bro, like I know, like you know, through throughout your life. Like I just mentioned, you went to JMU, went, moved back to DC, moved to Chicago. So first of all, before I, we start talking about Chicago, moving away from home after graduating and starting your own life, you know, you, your parents are not there to fall back on. Well, they are kind of, I guess, but like you really yeah, want to yeah. try to prove it on your own, right? You pay your rent, you got to figure out how to register for a license in the, you know, your new state or city, right? You know. You, if you have a car, you got to figure that out. Or if you got, you know, it's a lot, right? It's, it's, it's also like, wow, I'm like, I'm deep out here in a different place in America on my own, you know? Okay, so what do I do next? You know, I, I'm sure there's a lot of transitional times in our lives where we feel some type of way. And like, for me, looking at you, so I've known you since high school, you seem to always have an upbeat attitude. You've always, nothing ever phases you. you I, I remember visiting you at JMU. You're always like the you know, the party king down there and then DC, you know, like you always, always kept an even tone about yourself, always kept it cool, bro. But, you know, we're all humans, you know, and I know it's, you know, we've all felt some type of way in transitional points in our life. I do want to ask, have you ever felt depression? What would the person you are today, if you did feel that depression, 
tell that person you were before? Yeah, I mean, uh, taking the plunge to a different city without your family and everything. Like, I, I chose Chicago because I didn't really know anyone here. And, and that was to challenge myself um, because, you know, in D.C., it was just you, you're seeing all the same friends, you're doing all the same things, which is great. But at the same time, like, I'm the type of person that I have to do something different or else I just go nuts. And, like, to be honest, if I stayed, I thought I would have probably felt, like, some sort of depression coming on from one way and, like, you know, when you move to another city, there's, there's a big chance that you feel it another way, you know, from loneliness and, and, and from not um, having those, those resources near you, all the friends that you've been so close with and all your family that you can just talk to about anything and, and, and fall back on. So um, I, I took the plunge to challenge myself. It's been five years and I've loved it, but I did, I, I mean, I did have a period where, um, where I really was depressed and I mean like I think a lot of people our age are actually facing this more than ever and and especially men I mean guys obviously toxic masculinity has been at the forefront of conversations nowadays rightfully so and and I think what boys are taught to be is so detrimental and and that's a societal issue and it's also a cultural issue like you know in Asian and Hispanic Middle Eastern cultures they want males to be such a prototypical primitive type of man you deal with your situation you don't cry you're, you're told you know, to buck up and, and, you know, whatever that means. So I, th- I think pride really is, is the number one killer for, for men. And, and 100%. I don't even take me that lightly. Like that truly has led to that is the I perfect think, suicides. Yeah. And, and, and so I think so many guys want to be considered tough and convince themselves they're tough like other men and, and they don't want to let their guard down. So the wall is up. Um, and so, you know, when you, when you face certain obstacles, like going to a new city and you go without knowing anybody, um, you know, you got the, in Chicago, it's the seasonal depression. You got so many things going on. Um, you know, tough isn't about not crying or showing no vulnerability. It's being tough is about how you bounce back and, and how you react to adversity. You know, tough is when you lost someone, you re- react, and then eventually your next move is a positive one. It's not ignoring a situation or making light of it. It's tackling it head on. Um, so for me, I mean, to backtrack, like for me, it stemmed – within a span of a year and a half during a crucial time in my life, like my senior year going into college, I, I had six different people pass away um, within a year. And, and so I've only ever had one person ever before that. And with each one, I conditioned myself to show less emotion. I bottled up every time I hit it because I wanted to not look weak or vulnerable. And obviously in hindsight, I think how stupid is that? And, and that's a root for what caused me to, to see some depression in Chicago, because when I started feeling stuff, I bottled it up. I moved to the side. I didn't think of it. I just kept trying to do that. So, you know, here when you're alone and you're in a new place with all the, without all the people you know well, the only minority, the winner, uh, stuff going on with your family that you're missing out on or, or can't help with, like that tests you and brings you down. And, and when uh, I faced new problems or had new emotional squabbles I, I continue to hold it and compartmentalize it I continue to bottle it up because I didn't want to show emotion um, but I think looking back at it now it's kind of like it, it could have easily been avoided if I just showed my showed my emotion and, and felt something but I, I think if I were to tell myself back then it's just you know look let it out like you understand now as a 28 year old or 29 year old I guess um, who you are if you're an emotional person just be an emotional person like don't try to hide it just feel the way you do 
talk to people, reach out to, to your friends. Don't feel like you can do it all on your own. And so yeah. I think that was the big thing. It was like, I made the decision to go out on my own. So I got to do this on my own. Um, but parents are a call away. They're an hour and a half flight. Like my best friends are an hour and a half flight. Like it really isn't too tough. And I, you know, I think it's just that toxic masculinity. You just try to think you, you try to be tough. You try to do everything on your own and mm-hmm. you don't need anybody to help you. You don't want to share your feelings. You don't want to feel, you don't want anyone to think you're weak or, or vulnerable. But at this point in my life, I'm just like, I'll just say what I feel. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think it's really helped me kind of get out of that uh, a, a little more. Yeah. Hey man, that is absolutely meaningful to hear you recognize that because people, the one thing you said is pride. And I feel like pride consumes us so much especially with social media with you know how 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 we appear to other people you know people are not willing to be vulnerable or like show weakness or and, like and sometimes just showing that is like that very one ounce or multiple ounces of boosting you to be you know, have a higher morale than where you previously were and like that's why i'm i'm i, I that it hits me home bro when you talk about pride i i i looking at the camera right now, I have family members. I have, you know, uh, a lot of people I know that let pride stand in their way from really crossing that path in terms of, you know, bettering themselves, recognizing that they can move to the next level, recognizing their flaws and improving from them because those flaws will always linger. If you're going to hold onto that pride so hard, they'll linger for so long until you have grandkids. I'm telling you, I'm I've seen like a lot of older people that still hold on to yeah. their pride for so long. And, you know, it, it, it's great that we can be open and vulnerable. So, you know, that, man, that means a lot. And, I'm, uh, you know, it, it all, self-recognition is going to be one of the best things that, uh, that a human being can ever hold. And you, you my friend, are definitely gonna, uh, have shown forth with that. Appreciate that, bro. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, I, that's the thing. It's like I... I do have to credit like my last relationship for that. I mean, it was finally somebody who wanted to break down my walls and force me to show myself for the first time. So it was like a, right. a cleansing, like, Oh, this way is lifted. I can just say what's on my mind and be yeah. emotional in front of someone with no repercussions. I was like, what? Yeah. Like what the f- <laughs> I think was going to happen. <laughs> and to your point, <laughs> like, you know, it, it, sometimes it's, it's hard to like break out of that pride shell by ourselves. So it will take someone else to kind of like, humanize us, humble us, you know, take us back. That's a good point that you bring up, like, you know, reach out to someone, right? Speak out and seek for the help, you know, and seek, seek the ones you love. Say it to the people that you love, you know, and I'm right. glad that you do recognize. I mean, I, I know you said ex-girlfriend, <laughs> that's a past right now, but like you do that. She was an important piece to really recognize that. So um, I do want, I do want to ask, bro, if there's one big piece of advice you can tell the audience, what will it be? So one big, I mean, can I do multiple, like yeah, three or please four? Please do. Please okay. do. Oh, this but is beautiful. The, well, these are more so like, I think what's, what's helped me. Like, there, I mean, I, it was dark at one point. Like I, I, I was truly not happy, like at all. Um, and you wear this mask in public, you go home, you have another face underneath. And, and I don't think anyone really knows that because I try to stay positive and, and be energetic and, and never again show my weakness or vulnerability. Um, but I think, you know, I, I hope if 
somebody who felt the same way I do and, and still was hiding it, like this at least helps. Um, because it got me out of it. Like, it, it, you know, I, I purposely was always single. I wanted my own freedom. But like once I got in a relationship, it really was like somebody to talk to that like grasped everything. And so I think just talk to people, like just really actually discuss how you feel, reach out to family, to friends, whether, you know, you made the move like I did and like didn't know anyone, talk to your old friends, talk to new people, but really reach out and discuss everything that's going on, how you feel. The more you talk about it, the, the more that is lifted off your shoulder because you're really just, again, bottling it in. So, mm-hmm. and yeah. maybe if you don't have someone to talk to, write it, like write it down, read it out loud. And, and just the more it comes out of you, the more like you feel uh, more pressure coming off and more relief um delete social media i mean get away from tv uh go outside uh, you talked about it earlier the social media and we see that all the time and like that new doc social dilemma and everything is, is talked about mm-hmm. it all the time of just like how they really try to like you're constantly phasing yourself or, or uh, comparing yourself to other people and based on your likes and whatever like it's everything's so negative and then all the news channels and everything that's going on in the world like it's important to know and be aware but it also is pure negative uh, info coming straight to your head, like at the at your fingertip all day. Like delete it, go away, go outside. Don't listen to all that constant negativity. It's going to burn you out. And just try to do stuff that makes you happy. Pick up old habits. Um, be active. Um, work out like <laughs> Nike Run Club. Like that. If if we didn't have if we didn't go outside and run uh, during quarantine, like I honestly would have gone nuts. Like it's a mind clear. <laughs> And you start seeing, like you talked about, uh, you know, you, you've probably lost some weight too. Your physical image will do a lot more for you than you think. Like once you start mm-hmm. seeing progress, you realize you did this, like you took control and made a change and you feel better. Like you took complete control of your life and now you like, you saw the, uh, the results from it. So that's serotonin flood in. Um, and then lastly, really, I think for me, like I'm just such a big traveler, like travel, nothing, nothing clears your mind. Yeah or humbles you, changes your perspective, like traveling. And I know with pandemic, it's tough, but like I did earlier, um, you know, I, I did at least like national parks or something to go outside. But like, if you can, um, you know, sometimes when you're down and you start thinking about something and think, think you've had it bad, like, well, have you been to Ecuador or Cuba, Manila? Right. Like it will make you grateful for your life real quick. And it's very humbling. It, and you'll start realizing that some of your problems maybe aren't that big. Um, so I, I think those, those couple of things are just going to constantly keep you um, alive and, and happy. And, and, you know, I, I think if you uh, continue to do any of those, like you, you'll, you'll just keep getting better. Christian, beautiful, man. Thank you so much for that. Of course. Lastly, bro, let's close this out on a lighthearted note. What are a few songs in the top 25 most played music in Christian's playlist? Oh, wow. <laughs> Damn. I mean, I'm a, uh, man, I'm all over the place. Um, if you want to keep it constant, like with the theme, the greatest song ever made oh. is Monster Mash. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to pretend Monster like Mash. I know that. <laughs> Monster Mash by Boris uh, Forrest Pickett. It's the the premier Halloween song, but it it transcends all seasons. Um, but beyond that, um, I think I, so. My favorite artist really 
will be Sade, Frank Sinatra, and really anything that comes from them is is is, is gold. Um, Neil Young. Um, I'm trying to think of like a specific song that I would. Uh, do, how many do you want? Hey man, you can keep. You can go all 25 if you want. I know people all need 25. To these days. You don't have to go all 25, but I know people need new music these days. So up yeah, to you, brother. I mean, or <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, one of the greatest songs of all time, truly, is "A Change Is Going to Come." Sam Cooke, and I think that's very, very relevant okay. too. So. Um, Harvest Moon, Neil Young, Sweetest Taboo, Sade. Man, I can go on forever. I, maybe I'll just hit you with a Spotify link after this. Please, hey, That's my hey, my, I have a favorite artist one, and, and I'll just, you can get in the mind of, of what makes me happy and, and, and tick. Nirvana as well, top five. Hey, for everyone listening NERD. at home, we'll, we'll put this list up at the end of the credits, so not, not to worry yeah. about that. Yeah. 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 NERD, shout out Virginia. Pharrell. Yeah. yeah. Hey, man. Well, Pusha, yeah. <laughs> I'm a Drake fan, but Pusha definitely could cook his <laughs> ass up. <laughs> I'm team Pusha. I'm sorry. I know you said October's hey, own, no, but like, okay. I got to be. Hey, man. Hey, it's I got to stick with my team. You did say Pharrell. Pharrell, legendary, bro. Absolutely. Seven five seven all the way, bro. Absolutely. All day. Christian, thank you again, brother, for coming on the show. It was a pleasure catching up with you and hearing your story. I'm bouncing all the way back. Bro, like appreciate the advice that you've given to this audience. That was so meaningful. I didn't want to cut you off or anything. Appreciate that wholeheartedly. Keep up the success in Chicago. Bro, definitely let's link up. Me and Rosemary will be home for three weeks on Christmas break. So we will be there. We'll hang out. We're getting 100%. Clarence. Yeah. Yeah, we will figure it out. <laughs> and we'll have a mask on, but I, I heard Clarence be going out like, you know, no no uh, restrictions on crowd. Oh, there you go. See? <laughs> All right. Mask on. I'm telling you, with COVID See, restrictions, just have your mask on. That's that's really what it is. They, they, they put the mask. I, you know I keep that motherfucking thing on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man hey they, they give us the mask because people don't know how to cover their mouth when they cough so we'll have the mask on we'll still be drinking man we'll still be celebrating <laughs> it'll be christmas you know hey, exactly hey. halloween christmas i'll be here before we know it thank you christian appreciate everything tune in next week for a special post-election day episode featuring the life of the party my brother cameron nash but until then y'all have a good time this holiday weekend and whether you're not, you're hungover on Monday or Tuesday, get out there and vote if you haven't already. We all know how important this election is, so let's make good things happen. All right, everyone, thanks for tuning in. Keep achieving those weekly goals. Stay safe. See you all next week.